Welcome to Well. I'm your host, Tracy Fredkin, founder of SoCal Moms and the SoCal Wellness Retreat. Join me as I chat with Southern California's leading experts in women's health, family health, nutrition, modern medicine, and the mind-body connection. We'll be vetting new trends, curating practical alternatives for today's busy modern woman to keep herself and her family healthy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Well. Thank you for joining us again. This week's episode is sponsored by Trove CBD. Trove's amazing body bombs, tinctures, and massage oils are great for pain, inflammation, stress, and they help with sleep. Trove is THC-free and triple lab tested. You can go to trovecbd.com and our listeners get 20% off with code WELL20 at checkout. That's W-E-L-L-20, all caps, for 20% off at checkout. We're here today with Dr. Zalana Montmini, a renowned behavioral scientist and positive psychologist. She's delivering a fresh perspective rooted in science. She's a prominent figure in positive psychology and one of Maria Shriver's Architects of Change. Dr. Zalana is the author of 21 Days of Resilience, which has been published in five languages. She speaks around the world and is a go-to authority in the media. Whether it's a researcher, best-selling author, keynote speaker, or hosting a television show, Dr. Zalana is paving the way for mental fitness. She spoke with us at our last two SoCal Wellness Summits and offers amazing advice to our community, and we're super excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I want to start just broadly by talking a little bit about your book, 21 Days to Resilience, and sort of what you talk about, if you can give us a little bit of an overview, why you wrote the book, what you talk about there, how it applies for women in their everyday lives. Yeah. I mean, I think there's never been a a more important time to exercise our resilience muscle than now, um, I would say for sure. Um, But a few years ago, um, I you know, I I started out as a happiness researcher and realized along the way that we are a culture so obsessed with happiness, yet we're really unhappy and we're not getting any happier. Um, And I tried to kind of figure out, you know, what is that missing piece? Like what, what is it that, you know, truly content, successful people have and can do? Um, And it wasn't just that they're happy. It was the fact that they were resilient. And so I really started to look deeply, um, into that and, um, started researching it and realized there's really no manual or, you know, really nothing that trains people how to become resilient. We all know that it's important, but nobody is really teaching us how to do it. And it really is a skill that we can work on. It's not something we're born with or without. So I decided to write a book about how to actually become resilient. Um, so it's a 21 day sort of boot camp for jumpstarting the skill set. Of course, you're not just going to magically become resilient after 21 days. Um, but it definitely does get you on the right track and sets the foundation, um, to build that skill and to practice the tools every day, um, continually. And then it becomes more habitual and you don't even need to really think about it. Um, so it's, it's really broken out into like a framework where every day you work on different skill sets within the umbrella of resilience. Um, and I based it in, in science and research and, um, my experience with clients and, 
and people in the field. So that's the genesis of the book. And so do you find that people, when they, when they read the book and it's a process, are you, are you also sort of working with people? You mentioned, you know, this is something you've learned from your client, like how much, how much coaching around maybe this concept do you feel people need? You know, what's, what things in their lives can they do sort of broadly, or maybe some takeaway tips that you have, um, in terms well, of ways I mean, to think about it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have a book right here. I mean, I wrote it as, um, something that you can and should do on your own or partner up with like a family member or a friend to hold each other accountable. But every day, every, every skill set has its own day that you work on. So I talk about, you know, how to cultivate positive habits, how to um, work on your hopefulness, self-awareness, integrity. Those are all things that kind of, you know, build into the resilience framework. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of me, I mean, yes, I also, you know, work with groups and do a lot of speaking engagements on the topic. I think that it's just an, an innumerable amount of work that you can do on building this framework. But what I really do is I teach people not what to think, but how to think. And so that's really where I come in as, um, you know, a, a coach in a sense. I mean, I am a psychologist by training, a clinical psychologist, but I think of myself more as a, you know, a mental health um, coach, because it really is about retooling how we think about our world and the lens with which we see things. Um, and that's, that's how to build that, that skill. But the book on its own is written to be done on its own. Um, and, you know, you work on all of these skills like perseverance and, um, you know, how to, the, how purpose, you know, falls into the equation, problem solving, flexibility, creativity, things like that. I think, I mean, as you sort of mentioned, I think obviously we're all sort of in the midst of quarantine fatigue and, you know, anxiety over COVID and all of these different things going on. And I think, you know, you sort of touched on an important point about people being happy, but unhappy. And like, how do you kind of balance staying positive, but also acknowledging that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And that some days are really hard and challenges come up that, you know, I think obviously that's the point of having resilience, right? That you can sort of meet those challenges, I think, as they come, but like that it's not always about being happy or positive every minute of every day, right? Yeah. That's a tough thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I think people got really tired of the whole, you know, of, of thinking and, and, and wanting so desperately to be happy because it's actually not an attainable goal. We're human. And we can't be happy all the time. We can't be positive all the time. And we shouldn't, you know, we really actually shouldn't be um, because then we're actually not being true to our human experience. We're not accepting the gamut of emotions that we do feel naturally and normally throughout a day. Um, so the goal of happiness is um, really sort of setting us up for failure. Um, I really urge my, the people I work with and the groups I work with to sort of eradicate sort of happiness from a goalpost, like it, you're going to feel happy. Sure. But you know, in, in wanting so desperately to be happy, you miss those actual moments of happiness. So (laughs) instead, you know, really, um, don't think about like needing to desperately be happy, but rather yes, accepting, you know, this is hard. Like this, this time is really, really tough. And, you know, 
there's moments where we're, yes, we're super anxious and we accept that. And in the acceptance of it, we give it less power. So when you see an emotion for what it is or a feeling, we sort of lessen the intensity of it. So if you accept the fact, and that's part of being resilient, if you accept the fact that, you know, I'm having a really tough day or this moment in time, it's just a moment and it'll pass. But right now this sucks, you know, or whatever it is that you need to say to yourself, um, it's much easier to move on from that moment. And really our days are just a collection of moments. And when we're able to accept whatever we're feeling and dealing with, and then move on to the next moment, we have a greater likelihood of sort of flipping the switch and thinking more positively. Now, when, I mean, again, when I say thinking positively, we're not talking about this like fake sense of like, oh my God, everything's totally fine, but not fine. And my world's falling apart, but I'm just going to pretend it's all great. Like that's, that's really unhealthy. And we all know people like that. And there, there's a lot that they're hiding under that veneer. So, um, you know, it's, it's really important to, again, be in the now, be present, be accepting, and realistic about the current circumstances, but also understand and exercise our ability and our skill, which I talk about in the book of having hopefulness of being able to reframe, um, of implementing gratitude, but not in the like, Oh my gosh, you need to be grateful all the time for everything kind of way. (laughs) Like it's much more, um, you know, gratitude has to be sort of woven out throughout, you know, our days, um, and sort of implementing these skills that can then shift your lens to a more positive framework and help you move forward. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you touch on an important point and I think, you know, that was sort of the genesis of some of this conversation is this, there's this culture of like positivity and in a weird way, right. Where everything's yeah. great or everything feels fake or like, Oh, I love this. And I'm so thankful for this. And you know, all of these things versus looking at your day, as you mentioned, I think, which is a great point more as moments, there's highs and lows, right. We all have different things that happen, but being more accepting of that experience and being able to, I thought you made a good point about reframing it. You know, I think right now, um, expectation rate, um, is a big thing in our lives and sort of, um, having realistic goals, um, for yourself. I know, I mean, I love your Instagram feed and it's full of quotes, you know, that I feel like are positive and, but inspirational sort of about mental health and, and realism and like, you know, sort of thinking about things. Do you have like, a favorite quote or like, do you wake up every day and pick a quote of like, how do you choose all of your sort of quotes? Cause they're not just quotes. You know, I feel like they're sort of inspirational points as a jumping off spot for your day. Right. Or something to think yeah. about getting you thinking about yeah. things maybe in a yeah. different way. Yes. Um, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, and your support of, of the feed. Um, yeah, I was really, you know, Instagram, I kind of resisted social media for a really long time. And then, you know, I wanted my Instagram community to feel supported in the human experience. I didn't want it to be like, Hey, this is my life. And this is my edited version and my highlight reel. And then like, Hey, look at this and that. And let's, let's put in some positive quotes along the way. No, I wanted it to be like a forum where we can essentially 
be triggered by the quotes that I, I post that are, and I, and the way I choose them, it's like, it has to really, um, sort of move me in some way or make me think about the world in a way that I haven't before. So that's really how I choose things. I try not to put anything generic in there. Um, and sorry if sometimes I do, I don't know, but, um, I try to make the quotes to be very unusual, but hit home. And I have quotes that I hashtag like truth bomb. Like I do a, a weekly truth bomb series where it's like, Whoa, you know, and people really have strong reactions. Um, it's not necessarily meant to be controversial, but it's meant to really like trigger, um, a thought in you about, you know, your life or maybe a different way of thinking about something. Um, you know, that not just like self-care is about baths and like candles, but self-care is really about setting boundaries. And so like, hopefully that makes people stop and say like, wait, yeah, that's true. I do need to set some boundaries. Like I have some toxic relationships and that is taking care of myself. And then how do I do that? And so it spurs more engagement and conversation because ideally I'd love for people to communicate amongst themselves for each post, right. And, And sort of start a discussion. So that's really how I pick them and kind of hope that it comes off. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's a hard thing to post a new quote every day that feels, I think, exactly that, right? As a conversation starter in a moment where you come across it and you're like, wow, yeah, I hadn't thought about that or that's a good point or that's dead on, you know? So, I mean, I think it's, it's one of my favorite by far um, feeds on Instagram. Yeah, no. And I think it's great. It's would be a great thing for our community to look at. Um, to get to know you better, but also it's just really helpful, I think, on a daily basis. Thank um, you. So I think- Thank you. Yeah. 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 And I also, I, you know, my stories kind of g- gives a different lens. Like on my stories, I post a little things that are a little more personal. And also I have a weekly um, Instagram live show series called Power Up, where I interview um, different leaders and experts in various fields from you know, I mean, psychology, of course, but like runs the gamut, fashion, interior design, um, you know, everything, and but all with like a mental health lens. So in nutritionists, you know, um, so every, you know, authors, tons of authors, parenting experts, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of like the genre, but it always has to, you know, it's always someone who has expertise in that field and is able to speak on a certain topic. Um, so that's been really fun and, um, and enjoyable to do. So, well. yeah, so you're doing that. What days are you doing that? You're doing that one day a week Thursdays. and Thursdays. you're talking to them. They're sort of giving mm-hmm. expert advice and then you're talking, yeah. sort of tying back yeah. their genre into your mental health and how that right. supports. And it's, it's a conversation yeah. too. I mean, you know, I, I also speak on, you know, if I feel moved to, um, you know, I had Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt on the other day to talk about her book about forgiveness. And of course I have lots to say on forgiveness as well. So we kind of had a a conversation about it, um, as well. And she had some really brilliant things to say, of course, but you know, it just depends on who I'm speaking to. I had Dr. Dan Siegel on who's like parenting expert extraordinaire and written like, I don't even know a hundred books on the topic. So I just, you know, for him, you know, it was a lot of just listening and trying to get information about his different, um, thoughts on, on this time and the pandemic and all that. So, you know, it just depends on, on the person and the topic, but, um, 
Yeah, it's been really great. And it's on Thursdays, generally around 1 p.m. Pacific time, but sometimes the times change, but it's always going to be on a Thursday. And then I have them all on my IGTV page. So if you missed one or you can't tune in live, you can always go to IGTV to watch. But live is fun because you can get your questions answered in real time. So if you have a question for Dr. Dan and you're not going to have access to him otherwise, like tuning into the live segment will give you an opportunity to ask. And I usually try to catch all the questions and ask as I, you know, as as best I can. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I know we've been watching that series too. And I think, um, I mean, that's one of the cool things about this time too. I think people are more engaged in doing things virtually and spending so much time. And so there's been like this amazing, I think, increase in really good content um, you know, really powerful content that you can engage with online in short segments and get questions answered. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's nice that everyone's doing that and making that content available. A lot of this content or hearing a lot of these people speak, you would typically only have, you know, if you went to an event and paid for a ticket or, you know, got to meet people one-on-one. So I think that that, um, you know, has been really great and people being able to access, sort of a variety of content, right? Through maybe a specific lens, but yes. we're covering yeah. all these different totally. genres. That's well, that's relevant. how that's, yeah, that's how Power Up started is like, I had all these like live in-person events coming up. I had an event with Catherine, for example, coming up and we were like, oh my gosh, like there's so much to talk about with forgiveness. Like, what do I do? You know? And I, so I, all of these events, and then I thought, well, I'm just going to do it virtually. And I didn't want to do a traditional zoom format. So that's how, that's how it all started. I know you're stuck at home with kids. A lot of us are all stuck at home with kids. You had a baby right before quarantine started, right? Did. Yep. And did. We did. Yeah, she's too. She's six months old now, six months old. So it's just crazy how it goes in a flash, but yeah, I had her about a week before the shutdown. And then I have a, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old as well that I'm homeschooling. So it all kind of happened all at once. So has it been, are you able to apply your own lessons and inspiration, you know, in your daily life, sort of in this new scenario, like do you have tips, you know, obviously our audience, we have tons of moms, we're all sort of in this work from home, try and do your job, try and take care of your kids. A lot of people like you and me had babies. And so we're like in double quarantine, you know, for really long periods of time. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you, do you have tips for, for moms? Yeah. Tips for moms. How to survive. <laughs> crawl, crawl into a closet, lock the door and just <laughs> tell everyone you're having a mommy timeout. Um, yeah. and I'm actually serious about that one, but on a more broad scale, um, no, you know, when this all happened, uh, you know, we, we obviously, none of us have ever been through anything like this in our lifetime. Um, I think having a baby adds a whole whole other element to the pandemic, um, that is, um, really unique and unusual. I mean, on one hand we're cocooning anyway, and ideally home, hopefully with our families. Um, but I also did not anticipate like all of a sudden having everyone at home (laughs) and needing to take care of everyone else other than myself, you know? So there was sort of like, oh my God, my kids need to do school and there's tech issues. And then I also have a newborn, you know, so 
it was incredibly overwhelming um, in a lot of ways, as I'm sure you have felt as well. Um, there was also, because I think also a lot of it was unknown still in the very beginning, like we had no idea what beast we were even dealing with. Um, am I able to utilize my own tips and tools? Yes. I mean, you know, these things now are part of me and who I am. And I think part of it, I, I think when people think about resilient people, they're kind of under the misconception that like, oh my gosh, this person is so strong and can just like power through it and hustle their way out of it. And that's really not what resilient people do at all. I think, um, I think the, the beauty of, of having a resilient skill set is that you're actually able to kind of ride the vicissitudes of life. Like when it's down, like you get it, it's down. And there were days where it was so hard and I was so overwhelmed and I would just burst into tears also because of the hormones and everything else going on in my body healing from birth. But it's like, this is insane. And I would just acknowledge that the insanity of it all and how atypical it was. And part of the acknowledgement gave me the strength to then move on. Like literally there were days where I had to tell myself out loud, like one foot in front of the other. Like that's all I can do one foot in front of the other. If I just, if I just move from like this moment to the next moment, like I'll be able to eventually, you know, get through it. And, and we did. And, you know, and it's like, was it, I mean, it, it was incredibly difficult at times, but then there were also days where, again, like I was talking about those moments, I wasn't so focused on needing to be happy or, you know, everything that I had imagined for my postpartum with my third baby, like flew out the window, gone, like in a flash. So part of me was like mourning, not having that experience with my third child. Um, but then the minute I acknowledged that I was in mourning, like that I was really, really, really deeply sad about not having like those cozy mornings after I dropped my kids off at school and like cuddling in bed, you know, whatever I had imagined, like gone, you know, I moved on to the reality, which is what resilient people ultimately can do. And it's like, okay, this is my new reality. How am I meeting it? How am I meeting it? How, how can I, you know, take care of myself, which didn't happen too much, but, you know, have those moments. And sometimes taking care of myself meant like taking three minutes in my room by myself with the door locked. And that was fine with me at that moment in time. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think as moms and as parents and caretakers, we really have to, you know, this isn't, I heard something yesterday. It's not like about reinventing or like this new normal. It's about inventing. Like this is something we've completely never been faced with before. So how do we, how do we invent new ways of, of being the parent that we want to be of, you know, having a home that feels safe for our children of, you know, a lot of it was also acknowledging that this isn't about like my kids will never remember what they learned during this time, by the way, like they're going to just remember, did they feel loved? Did they feel safe? They're going to have probably the happiest memories of their life during this pandemic because mom and dad were home. You know, they had a ton of time with baby. They won't know any of the crazy that like was happening behind the scenes in my head. Right. So I think it's just important to have perspective, um, to keep one foot in front of the other, to keep going and to acknowledge that times are really, really tough. Um, I also have to say like, there's a lot of silver lining here and that's not this like rosy positive, but 
for all of us, there's a bit of a silver lining, um, as difficult as this time was like, you know, some of us are getting to spend more time with loved ones that we would have never known certain things about them had we not been forced into the situation. Or, you know, I'm actually, um, becoming super close to certain girlfriends. Like we have this daily text going and I, I don't even know if I could like survive without it. You know, it's like, then they just send me funny, like memes all day when I was like in the, in the throes of postpartum, right. Just to keep me going. Um, you know, and I never even like texted with some of these people before. So, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot to be said about this time. And we're going to look back a li- on it, you know, with some minor, right. Like element of fondness. Um, and then just acknowledging again, it's about acceptance and being honest and realistic with what you're dealt with and then moving forward. You know, I think that's a good point. It's, we were having conversation yesterday, just about back to school and different things. And a lot of moms were saying, you know, they had a totally different window into their kids learning. Right. And sort of most of us aren't with our kids during school. So we don't really know how they are, you know, Yeah. And it's, you know, a fascinating sort of opportunity to be involved in their education. I know I learned that I don't really know what's going on. Not, you know, from school, like you get a teacher, teacher parent conference and stuff. You don't watch your kid learning. You're not involved in that process. As you shouldn't, like you shouldn't be involved in all of that, especially with older age children. You should not be like, I mean, and resilience in our children and cultivating that is like a whole other topic that I deal with. But just briefly, like minorly, we shouldn't be involved in homework. We shouldn't be involved in any, I mean, they should be in charge of their own schooling and have their own independent relationships with teachers who hold them accountable for their own work and things like that. But it is, yes, really, really neat to have a glimpse into their education and what they do. I mean, I have a friend who caught onto the fact that her daughter, her, her child might have a learning disability that the school missed because of this pandemic. Right. And so had she not been home listening to things going on and dealing with the frustration of her child, like dealing with certain stuff, she would have never really known. Yeah. It was, it's amazing. So there's a lot of, of goodness. And I'm not saying that you necessarily have to seek it out. If you don't see goodness in this pandemic, if you're just like in a place of like, this is just, I just need 2020 to end right this minute and move on. Yeah. By the way, we'll still be dealing with this in 2021. Exactly. I was going to say, we used to all all be like, is 2021 coming? Now we're like, that is not our savior. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, this is a bit of a long haul situation, but um, we're we're strong. Listen, you like, this is a marathon. We're humans. We can get, we will. And it's not about even getting through this. That's another like lens shift. A lot of people say like, you're going to get through this. Okay. But we all know people who got through things and, weren't more resilient from it. Right. They're just victims of it. So it's like, how are you going to move through it and, and, but also grow and strengthen. That's what people do well. Yeah. That is something it's, it's not, it wasn't at the time, maybe it was a moment in time or we thought it was two weeks or something like that, but now it is like our life for nobody knows how long, but probably a long time. Um, and a lot of long-term effects based on it, right? A lot of things are just going to keep changing. We have a lot of other big events happening in the world, right? And so I think to your point, thinking about ways to teach in this moment and build things like resilience and 
have your family kind of come out of it stronger on it in terms of your family system. I mean, I think that's an interesting opportunity in terms of the lessons that are in your book that we would take and implement, like, are those things that work with kids too, or do you see it as like a separate, there's a separate way to do it with them? I mean, how, how does that work for you in terms of like the skill set in an adult versus building that skill set in your child? So I would assume like most things too, the more you do it with your kids, the more resilient they are as adults versus needing to learn it as adults. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I think all these skills, um, if they're age appropriate, I mean, and most of them are, um, are, are great to do with kids. What I, what I steer people away from with kids though, is, is sort of like an over, um, overly analytical lens into their inner world. So a lot, some of this content, it's like, you know, journal and you're, you're supposed to kind of let, let's say like write out, you know, what you're afraid of or whatever. And like, that's great to do with kids, but we don't want to go like, we don't want to just focus on that too much with, with especially the younger kids. Um, but I think these are all great skills to learn. Um, but remember like with parenting, a lot of it is just fixing us <laughs> and the yeah. way in which we approach our kids. And that's not to like demonize us and say that our kids issues are all our fault, but a lot of them are, <laughs> so, um, you know, we live in a, a, a bubble wrap generation and I think the age of like helicopter parenting is pretty much kind of fizzling out, but there's like a whole other level of parenting now that, um, I mean, we realize, I think that our kids need some space, but we also can't really help ourselves. Like we just have like a trigger finger and we have to email the teacher because, God forbid our child is disappointed about something um, and they can't really communicate it to them. So it's our job to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. So I think um, that's a whole other level that needs to be addressed and can't be. Um, and, and it's not in the book. So, well, I think that's a very good point about, you know, sort of how we, look at what we're teaching to our kids in terms of modeling our own behavior and how we interact with them versus, Huge. you know, versus things I mean, intrinsic in them. Yeah. My, my, of course, not, mine is <laughs> sneaking up in the background, leaving his Zoom schooling. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Um, um, <laughs> that he is. But, you know, I think, I think that's, I think especially now modeling is everything and our kids, um, I think we constantly have to be reminded that our kids will do what they see, not what we say. And, um, you know, there is so much digital exposure right now. We have to be actively verbalizing, like I am closing my computer. Now I am physically putting my phone down because right now my focus is you guys and my family. And it's so important for me to look into your eyes and have real conversations. Gosh, I'm so fatigued from zoom or whatever it is you want to say to kind of delineate. Um, and so they can still have some, some level of childhood, um, free of, of devices, which is so critical for their brain development. Um, you know, but, but on the same token, like you can't be too hard on yourself. This is a perfect Petri dish for cultivating resilience in ourselves and our family as, as it, as much as it pains me to say, because it's such a crazy situation and, and, and so difficult for, for all of us. But you know, this is, it's almost like a global reset, like a mental health reset. 
-hmm. and um, we are being faced with a lot. And I think, you know, you have to give yourself some grace and compassion too, and give yourself the ability to say like, I don't have to be a part of, you know, like, I'll just say, for example, so many moms feel so overwhelmed with homeschooling and it is so overwhelming and there are tech issues and I'm in it too. So I, I'm right there with you, but at the same time, like you don't and shouldn't be a part of everything. You shouldn't be sitting next to your kid during classes. You shouldn't be necessarily doing homework with them. You should be present. Um, you could be present if they need, you know, if they have a question to clarify something, but never giving answers um, and really giving them the support and tools that they need to feel confident that even if they don't have the answer, like they can ask the teacher or they can figure it out. Well, what are some ways to figure this out for yourself instead of just being the one to come up with the answers? So this is a really good opportunity to give them independence that you really couldn't before. Um, and and it's, 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 it's an interesting dynamic, right? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, it's a lot, it's like a learning curve, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. over the time, cause I said the same thing, like I felt in the spring, I was sitting with my kid and yeah, super involved and felt like I had, and, you know, unclear where those boundaries are and trying to figure it out. And then when we started this year, I was, we were much more like, this is your space and this is your stuff. And these are all your tools but you need to do it and you have, he has timers and the teacher and, you know, yeah. and, you know, an opportunity for him to manage it and um, for us to give him that responsibility. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like if he, it's up to him and his teacher and his classroom. And if he's not sitting down, exactly. the teacher's going to tell him he's not sitting down just like totally. at school. Right. I mean, totally. so for me to police that, it, you, you know, it you doesn't make it. sense. Yeah. No, and you shouldn't. And I know, you know, I, I hear some parents say, well, there, there's so much on their plate. They're dealing with so much already. Like, I'm just going to help them like stick with their schedule. This is life. Like this is about learning and practicing flexibility and, and responsibility. So, you know, when your kid has a schedule and it's very clear from the teacher what their schedule is and, you know, obviously age appropriate, I would say probably like first grade and up, but you know, they put that schedule on their desk or post it on a wall and, and they are responsible for their schedule. My son missed uh, like a certain little period of zoom the other day and I knew he missed it. Did I, and I, I did not, you know, I wanted every bone in my body wanted to be like, get on the zoom. It's like <laughs> three twenty two or whatever. I didn't, I didn't, I, I stopped myself because I knew that in that very moment in not saying something, I'm teaching him so much more than I would have taught him had I reminded him about it. Yeah. And he did. He told me, he came down, he's like, oh my God, I missed a class and my teacher did this and now I'm going to have to do this. And I was like, oh, wow, you learned a lot from that. And he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Right? So it's yeah. like, it's the same concept that I tell parents, like your kid forgets lunch at school, do not bring them lunch to school. They will never forget lunch again. But if you bring them that lunch, they will constantly forget it because they yeah. know that you're going to save them. I mean, it's just like, all these little things that I'm sure you know, but it's hard. I get it. It's so hard in the moment, but you're just remember that you're giving them the skills and the tools long-term. I think, you know, that's a great point to wrap on in terms of like us, you know, having the, this opportunity to figure a lot of this stuff out, right. And work on it. It's not, none of us are perfect. We have to find the right balance between supporting them and, you know, I'm supporting each other and all of it, but not overdoing, which I think is a good 
a good one for moms because I think that's one of the things that leads us to all be so stressed out, you know, is thinking that yeah. we have to do everything all the time. No, no, this is a perfect time to enlist your children in doing things around the home that they didn't do before. Like, you know, you're doing laundry and you feel overwhelmed, like you're in the middle of like a mountain of clothes. Like, no, it's it, they need to help you. They should fold it, put it away. Like this is, this isn't just about helping with chores. This is about life skills, but this is mainly about internal self-worth when children are able to help out and be a part of the family system when they're when they are able to complete tasks and goals they gain self-worth and self-confidence and that builds more and more on resilience and everything else that's positive um, in their world so you know all of the you shouldn't feel alone we're not alone on this little island as parents we we should be you know reaching out to our support networks and feeling connected through you know even if it's through technology we should be um we should be enlisting our family to help out with 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 home tasks and everything else on our plate and the emotional labor of like remembering everything that should be on everyone's, you know, radar. And with your children in school, you know, as much as you can, let them be independent thinkers and learn sometimes the hard way of what it takes um, to be successful in that process. So yeah, just gift yourself some grace and compassion um, and have fun too. Like, remember these days are long and hard and it's, it's, I get it, but like turn on some crazy music and start a dance party once in a while and just let go, like laugh a little bit. Like this is so crazy that it's almost funny sometimes and just go with it, like let off some steam and your kids are going to watch you do that. And that's what they're going to remember. That is what they're going to remember that mom was laughing and that mom let go a little bit. And then you can all always like reframe and just say, gosh, that felt so good. You know what? Next time I'm feeling really frustrated and sad, I'm going to turn on some fun music and dance around. And they're going to be like, Oh my God, mommy's going crazy. But (laughs) that it works. And you know what? That's kind of what we're modeling for our children, how to deal with, you know, rough times and what better time than now to show that to them. Well, thank you for being here today. I think that was um, very insightful and very timely given (laughs) where we are in the world. And we will recommend to everybody and put a link for the book as well so they can get started and hopefully build resilience in their homes. The book, as we said, is 21 21 Days Days to Resilience, which I assume people can get anywhere that books are sold or listened to, right, these days? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And support local bookstores too, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, If you have a local bookstore nearby, um, they often have a copy or two, you know, and just go and and buy it. But I do recommend a hard copy because it is written um, sort of like a journal. So if you do listen to the audio version, you should have a notebook next to you, but there's, there's things to fill out. It's very much like a workbook in a way. Um, And I did it for a specific reason so that we can practice these skills. Um, So if you do the audiobook, great. A lot of people do, um, but also have either a hard copy as well or a notebook or something available. Great. Thank you. Good. That's a very important tip. And I agree. Support local, everybody now more than ever, right? We want to be supporting our local businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye-bye.
We'll be chatting with health and wellness experts in the coming weeks to gain specific information about managing our family's health. We hope you'll be listening. We want to once again thank Trove CBD for sponsoring this episode. You can learn more about them at trovecbd.com and on their Instagram feed at trovecbd. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and other podcast streaming platforms. You can also watch the video of this podcast on SoCalMoms.com, sign up for emails on our website, and follow us at SoCalMoms on Facebook and Instagram. We welcome your comments and feedback. Until next week, I'm Tracy Fredkin. Mm-hmm.